Kia ora, I'm Emil Donovan. New Zealand's vaccination rates are creeping up slowly but surely. But what about people who don't want to get vaccinated, who refuse to get vaccinated? You know, these people have jobs too, they have livelihoods, they want to go places to eat at restaurants, to watch movies. And whatever you might think of the decision not to get vaccinated, it is their right. Nobody can be compelled to take medication if they don't want to. So today on The Detail... Businesses are confused about their legal obligations to staff and customers. Vaccinations and the workplace. Can an employer insist their staff get vaccinated? Can an employer fire someone if they don't want to get vaccinated? Can a worker refuse service to someone who hasn't had the jab? And what if you're a worker whose boss isn't too fussed about your co-workers being immunised? What's your recourse then? Paul Jarvie is the Health and Safety Coordinator for the Employers and Manufacturers Association. Before we get into specifics, I guess in a sense there is a duel of rights here. And I wondered if you could just tell me a bit about the competing rights that are going on and the balances that that are having to be weighed up. Yeah, so it really starts off from a very kind of macro level, which is the Bill of Rights, which gives every citizen of New Zealand rights. And one of those rights is to choose whether they um, agree to or undertake medical treatment. Under medical treatment would be th- things like surgery, taking medications, but would also include vaccination. So ultimately, from that very high level, which is the Bill of Rights, that's the right of every citizen to choose whether they have treatment, dash, have a vaccination or not. Coming under that, then, we've got employment law. So as an employee within your employment agreement, you have got what we call terms and conditions, which is often you make you make all those rights. And one of those conditions from the from the employer's um, perspective is to provide a safe workplace. Underneath that, then there are provisos for the employee to to seek better conditions, and the um, the right there to to strike if they if they deem that the workplace isn't safe or, or the the conditions aren't being met. Mm. On the other side of the coin, we've got the health and safety legislation. This is long and detailed, but essentially you can boil it down to four sets of competing rights. Under the Bill of Rights, you have the right to refuse medical treatment. But under health and safety legislation, you also have the right to a safe working environment, which could be compromised if one of your colleagues refuses to get the vaccine. Then there's the Human Rights Act, which says nobody can discriminate you for a bunch of grounds, including your health status, and not letting someone do their job because they're unvaccinated could breach that. But then there's the Privacy Act, which says if you don't want to, you don't have to tell anyone about your vaccination status. All in all... There are many layers to it. Yeah. um, Gee, that sounds like an absolute bloody storm of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Now, presumably, Paul, you're fielding a lot of calls from employers who are seeking clarity around some of these things. So what are the main concerns or questions that you are hearing, the main areas of confusion from the perspective of employers? That question has kind of morphed over the last couple of weeks. So it started off, the, the first question was, can I get my staff vaccinated? And the answer is... You can't require it because of the Bill of Rights, says the person can, can choose not to. 
and that's kind of moved away now a bit further down the track is can I inquire of, as to their vaccination status? Well, again, the, the Privacy Act says, well, why do you want that information? Uh, and it's, it's kind of come to a head now, and that is um, can I require my staff to be vaccinated in this particular um, sector or occupation? Um, and that's really where it's come to a head. Um, and what we're seeing now is some employers within certain sectors taking quite bold steps, I would argue, and mandating that staff need to be to be vaccinated by a certain date. Um, some of them may have done a risk assessment, as the, as the government's kind of indicated that they should be doing. Some are just saying, well, we're going to do it anyhow. Others are taken to the point, well, no contractors can, can come on site unless the contractors are vaccinated. So this is all new grey territory. It really is. We've been pushing government for the last 10 days or so really hard to come up with some clear guidance in terms of the scope and the direction of how far employers can go because what we don't want is for all this to end up in the courts and the courts decide, A, that takes a long time to happen and B, it's very expensive. So you actually, you sort of preemptively answered a question that I was going to ask there, a pretty big question I would, I would say. So can employers insist on workers getting a vaccination? You seem to be saying pretty definitively there, no, employers cannot insist on their workers getting a vaccination, carte blanche across the board. At, at, the, current, at the current position, no, they can't accept if unless that business or, or sector is under a public health order. So a public health order overrides the thing that I just said earlier. In New Zealand, we've done this with MIQ workers, border staff, defence staff, customs workers. But in Australia, they tried to extend it out to tradies. And it didn't go down so well. But this time, police reacted with force. They outnumbered workers with the riot squad and mounted branch flanking tradies from every angle. Police public order warning. You have previously been directed to leave. Leave now or force may be used. That move has since been rolled back. Back home, so far, only really high-risk industries have come under that public health order. Here's the Employment Relations Minister, Michael Wood. As things stand, there is not a standing provision that enables employers to terminate someone's employment outside of the order if they have not had a vaccination. So again, it's a case of employers and employees working it through, considering the particular situation, considering the particular risks, and trying to arrive at a reasonable place. Um, More and more, we're seeing businesses really pushing that envelope and saying, well, we want to or need to or being asked to have our staff vaccinated and we see this in healthcare. I've been um, party to a number of discussions with healthcare providers. The aged care sector says it would support any moves by the government to mandate vaccinations for its workforce. The health minister considers a move to mandatory vaccinations for frontline health workers as a last resort. However, Chris Hipkins has confirmed he's asked for advice on whether to make vaccines mandatory for frontline health workers who come into contact with confirmed COVID cases. Currently only border workers, people working at MIQ facilities, ports and airports are required to be vaccinated. They're a high-risk group in terms of, 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 of their clientele. They're all you know, elderly people and frail with other conditions, so they, they are at risk. The undermining thing about all this is while it's a pandemic and while it's all very up in the air and there's lots of media about it, 
employment law and all of the other law that's been in existence is still there. It doesn't alter because there's a pandemic. Mm. So whatever a, a, an employer does or an employee does has to be within the scope of the law. And that's where some of these actions that we see currently taking place may get tested in the courts down the track. The point that you made about the public health order is interesting because it, it kind of got me thinking, um, you know, theoretically, why couldn't the government just put out a public health order for all work and say it's public health order, not just for people in uh, MIQ work, not just people for, yep. for people who work in healthcare, but for everybody? But would that be sort of an abuse of power, do you think? Yeah, that's that's probably taking that that ability too far. I mean, they are used sparingly and and for for very good reasons. Um, I think the government has opted for a big sales campaign, trying to encourage people to get vaccinated, knowing that even with a public health order, it doesn't override the Bill of Rights. So people can say no. We've seen that a couple of times. We're even under a public health order and. Um, one or two employees have said, well, I'm still not getting vaccinated. And it's gone through the process. And in one case, the person has, has lost their job. Back in May, nine customs workers were sacked after they refused to get the vaccine and customs said they couldn't find alternative roles for those workers. And in September, 12 military personnel filed for a judicial review saying through their lawyer that they were standing up for their fundamental freedom to decline medical treatment. The Bill of Rights does take an overriding precedence, but even even in sections, sections inside that haven't really been tested to see whether there's a compelling argument to say that employment law or health and safety law doesn't trump that, that requirement. So, again, this is all new grey areas of law. So let's, I mean, let's talk about some kind of hypotheticals here. I understand that you may not be able to answer them definitively, but, you know, yeah. maybe they're interesting to sort of think about. So say you run a yeah. restaurant and you yes. have a, a chef at your restaurant mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. maybe they, maybe it's not that they're an anti-vaxxer, maybe they actually have a bona fide objection to it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's a moral objection and they don't have a vaccination and they don't want to get vaccinated. Does that mm-hmm. employer have to accept that, or can they actually say, hey, you know, we respect your choice here, but no jab, no job? Yeah, and again, this is the nub of, of, of the question because it comes down to the, the notion of actual risk and perceived risk, and they're quite different. So perceived risk is often based on individuals' history about, about what they see in the, in the media, uh, and what they feel themselves and, and past histories, and that's what the social media is all about. Whereas actual risk is based on, 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 on the science, if you will, based on what we actually know we can measure objectively and then come up with some form of, of a risk profile. And somewhere between those two is where we're trying to navigate. So in terms of a chef, so if you take take a, a kitchen with a chef, cooking away there and then your, your sous chefs and other bits and pieces. Where is the exposure for that person? Are you trying to manage a customer coming in and exposing the chef? That's what, what, what one option. Are you trying to manage the chef coming in from their own family and bubble into workplace who's infected and then may infect other people? Now, they're two different questions and, and possibly have, have two different answers. Mm. And, and that's the whole question about about really how far can an employer go? Because the real question is, what what is it you're trying to manage? Are you trying to manage infection coming into your workplace via your staff? 
or obsession coming in from, from public. We know from research and overseas studies that it's enclosed, close environments, so like small rooms with lots of people in it, where they're close together, they're living together. We know that where there's poor ventilation, poor air, air circulation, the elderly and also with the Delta, the, the younger people, so both ends of the spectrum, they are the higher risk groups. So if your workplace is not in a closed room with lots of people uh, and you have lots of, lots of ventilation going on, then we know from the, the New Zealand experience, we're just talking about that, that within workplaces the, the, there has been almost zero transmission within workplaces. The transmission has taken place within household or public gatherings. Hmm. Now that's not to say that it won't occur or can't occur within workplaces, but if it did occur in workplaces, then the same principles apply. Here's employment specialist Max Whitehead. The requirement under the Health and Safety at Work Act is that employees have to eliminate or minimise any potential risks to the workplace. And if it's deemed that an unvaccinated person is a risk, well, then they have to go with it. Um, they have to minimise it or, or remove it. And um, already the Employment Authority have determined that unvaccinated people are a risk. One obligation of employers, again, you talked about this earlier, is to provide the safest practicable environment for employees. Yes. And I'm once again thinking of hospitality here, that, yep. you know, that could involve ensuring that all patrons are vaccinated, depending, as you were saying before, on what, what your attitude towards the dangers of the virus are. Yes. Can a business do that? Can a business, could a restaurant refuse service or insist that people prove that they have had the vaccine before allowing them, you know, offering them a service? So a business can set its own rules so long as they are legally able to do so. So they can set any criteria they like. The downside is everything that, that you do possibly then has a, a business consequence. So if you set the bar too high, you may not get trade. You know, too low, saying this is a COVID-infested place, also no, no trade. So there's a happy medium. And we see, see this within workplaces. There are many, many, many workplaces throughout, throughout New Zealand who impose before you come on site or, 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 or indeed if you come and work for us, you must pass a, a drug test. Or there's, there's no smoking on site. So those things are able to be done. It, it's really it's un understanding how you do it. Um, and, you know, we, we see this over in the, in the UK where they're talking about these passports. And I see all the, um, the clubs and bars saying it's going to be the death of us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's not kind of new. It's just different. Indeed, if you travel overseas, there are some countries you can't go to unless you are vaccinated for yellow fever and all those other bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's an interesting one, though, isn't it? And that you, I, I suppose, particularly when it goes industry to industry, you know, you're sort of at the mercy of the people who are going to be affected by it, right? Like, I mean, we yeah. see what's happening in Australia. They tried to mandate in Victoria um, that all tradies have to have the jab. And there has been a massive groundswell of protest to the point where, you know, that sector is effectively shut shut down. Yep, and I mean you're right, and 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 that's possibly fueled by the perceived risk, and I think also reading some of the reports is that there's a bit of scheme going on underneath all that. But we're we're taking the, the the position for our members is that 
we totally support vaccination. So let's put it on the table. You know, we support employees and employers to be vaccinated. That's the best thing we can do for the country. Yeah. Why? Because if we're going to get down to level two, level one, we can open the borders up and start start running as a country again. So we support that. It's how we get there. So we are looking for guidance from government in terms of how do we actually manage these competing pieces of legislation, which it may not be the perfect answer, but at least give us some guidance as to how we do that. So everyone's playing with the same song sheet. Everyone's got the same set of rules. I've seen three or four different companies' version of how they're going to apply this, and they're all different. So that patently is is not right because one you've got one set of conditions for one sector, another set of conditions for another sector. So it does come down to being quite objective about this and, and quite understanding what it is you're trying to manage. If you're a forestry worker on, 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 in a forestry block working by yourself, who are you going to infect? You might argue it's a turn from trip in the truck. Well, I'd, I'd accept that. It could be that when you're in the smoko room on site. But out doing the job, there's you in the tree versus someone working in a care facility or an education facility or um, certainly within, say, a hospital where you've got patients and, and, and where, there, where there is close contact. So they're quite different, and it's understanding where where those risks are and how do, how do you manage those. As a country, you've got to argue that since level since last year going through all the different levels and now, as a country, we've managed pretty much without a vaccine pretty well. We got to, we got to, to level one with no 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 trans, um, transmission in, in society within you know, businesses and, and public last year with no vaccines. Uh, so now a vaccine's available, so that's another layer. Also, you've got to understand that with the alert levels from four, three, two, and one, they are they are descriptors of risk. So how could you how could you argue from a kind of academic sense that everyone needs to be vaccinated within a workplace when we're at level one, when there's no virus out there? Maybe, Paul, maybe the answer lies in contracts. Because mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, if you're an employer and you write something into a you can, you know, you can write all sorts of things into contracts and so long as the Correct. person who you're offering the contract to understands what that means yep. and agrees to yep. it, then it's enforceable, yep. right? Well, it's enforceable in terms to what they agree to. They, in terms of a COVID test or a COVID uh, vaccination, they would agree in terms of the application process. They are, are obliged to read the terms and conditions of their, of their contract. The condition might be that you have to have show proof of a of a vaccination up to you know two jabs um, before the employer may make an offer of, of employment. And the employee still has the right to say yes, I agree to that, or no, I don't. If they say no, they don't, then obviously they won't get the job. Mm. But they can't say yes to it and then say under the bill of, under the bill of rights, I'm not getting vaccinated. Mm because they are agreeing to those terms and conditions prior to being engaged. So we're, we're actually seeing that now with the with new um, new applicants that employers are putting those terms in, and that's quite legal because it's the employee then that, that decides whether they want to have that job and be vaccinated. Yeah, they I don't see. want that job and not be vaccinated. But you couldn't um, retroactively... Uh, you know, someone who has already signed a contract, you couldn't then say, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to unilaterally change the conditions of your contract and you have to ha- have to get a vaccine. 
Well, see, that's 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 the whole nub of, the, of companies that are jumping the gun because mm. they are unilaterally, in most cases, saying we've put this policy in now that you have to be vaccinated. Now, that is a unilateral variation of the terms and conditions. They may have gone through a consultation process with staff. They may have said, this is what we're thinking of doing, this is what we're doing, and then all the right reasons. Um, but unless the employee signs that variation, then um, they haven't signed on for this. You've mentioned a couple of times that business wants or that employers want more clarity from the government with regard to some things. Just lay out in really simple terms, what would be helpful for employers for the government to actually clarify? Okay. What both MB and WorkSafe have been talking about is doing a risk assessment. And a risk assessment, in a nutshell, says we've undertaken a, uh, a formal risk approach and an analysis of, of the task or the job or the sector, the occupation, to determine whether there is a risk there in terms of, of the person getting um, COVID-19 from, from customers or patrons and then passing it on to other people. And it's that part there of we got some clear guidance as to what would be contained in that and how far you go in terms of digging deep inside this. Um, that would be helpful because everyone then would have the same the same size tool and they could apply it equally across the board. What we're seeing currently is 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 no no current or or, or no formal protocol as to how you go about these assessments and people are making up their own assessments, probably doing it all for the right reasons, but they're different. And, uh, you know, and as I said right from the start, that does pose risks to employers saying, well, I've done this, but they may get challenged. And we don't want both employees or employers going to court, which is very costly to get all this sorted out. So if government gave us some, some guidelines, it could be... A, uh, a protocol, a guide, a code of practice, a template, something that says if you did this, this and this, um, we'd be satisfied. That would be a huge step forward. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Paul Jarvie. Kaki te anō.